0: I'm Chad Milner, and welcome to Read It Because I Wrote It, a podcast where I do just that, read my work because I wrote it. I know y'all have a million other things to do and other podcasts to listen to, so I just need 10 to 15 minutes of your time. If life allows it, once a week, I will write something new, read something old, and give some insights I've learned in hopes you see a little of yourself in myself, because quite simply, everybody's got a story to tell. It's time to sing a new song, written may nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Actually, I wrote most of this last week, like the fourteenth, but I finished up yesterday. Hey yo, quick, give me a topic to write about, I said to Jean Vieve at her workplace in Queens. Despite a fortnight of experiences to expound on, I'd yet to make my way to the proverbial chair and needed a challenge or prompt to coax my thoughts into words onto this very page jean Viev was quite the conversationalist, so I had a hunch she would be a good catalyst. I'm thinking about starting a podcast about dating American black men, jean Viev said in her thick European accent. My eyes widened. It sounded like a great idea, so I asked her to explain. As someone from Europe, I see how they have to deal with things I'm not used to. They tend to carry the sting on them, and it is with them everywhere they go but they just see and view things so differently, Jean-Viev continued. The wheels in my head had begun and spun. When Jean-Viev finished her thought, I began to respond. I agreed. I acquiesced to the notion in which black women in America have it way harder than us men in a way I could never explain or comprehend it is. I then told her, it's because nobody gives a fuck. So we often have to hold on to all these thoughts and feelings, compartmentalize them, and just deal until they dissolve. It's rare we are shown compassion or empathy, and it plays a role in how we see a lot of the world. More than likely, my words were not this eloquent. Nonetheless, I did say most of this, and the rest of the sentiment was implied in my verbiage. The producer and me wanted to hear more about this podcast. Genevieve said that she did not intend to create one, but the idea in her head humored her. It was a prompt for her own thoughts, the way I inquired about one to write. Before the conversation got too deep and perhaps uncomfortable, I made a lighthearted statement which aligned with our dialogue. I find this interesting. I've kind of written a lot about this over the years. I'm pretty proficient in it, I said. I began to divulge in aspects of this arena I have written about as I mold over how to turn my thoughts into words. To Geneviève, I said, It is rare for a person to see me for who I really am. Like for real, in the past 10 years, excluding my daughter's mother, only two women I've talked to or dated made a true attempt and saw me for who I really am and communicated it. Often, I become an ideal for others, which is rooted in something that has very little to do with me, but how they see the world. More was said after this. The conversation with Jean Vierve elicited thoughts about my own dark cloud. To many of my friends, family, peers, followers, and fans, I'm a story. A beautiful and inspirational one, perhaps. Nonetheless, such a vantage point often leads to a narrow narrative. I've learned to hide behind a smile, wry remark, or not display any emotion when triggered with flashes of my past experiences. It becomes difficult to articulate this to people because they want to see, hear, and feel the story. But I'm a man with thoughts and emotions. A few weeks ago, my therapist explained my ability to compartmentalize, due to my trauma, is identical to a soldier who has been to war. I received and processed my therapist's words, yet was unaware of the weight of her sincerity. Weeks later, my therapist told me she was a veteran who'd served in active duty. The phrase which came across my mind was one I'd coined two weeks prior in a conversation with God. It's time to sing a new song. I made a career out of an off-the-cuff remark like Jean Geneviève's. I should start a blog where I tell all of those who supported and prayed through the last year. I said to myself with humor, I was 26, widowed, and a single parent to a little girl who had not a clue how to resolve the whirlwind of experiences life had thrown my way in my mid-twenties. A few weeks ago, I prayed a different prayer as I commuted from my home in Nassau County to Queens. On this day, My spirit told me I needed to be in Sunnyside, the neighborhood where I have, as of recent, spent many of my days at my good friend, 360's barbershop. It was God who whispered, I need you to talk to me today. I have some things to show you on the Long Island Expressway. I told the Elohim I was thankful for and do not regret any of my life experiences and ran through my greatest hits in intricate detail. However, a lot of what I endured still sucked. Then I shifted to the present and my future, where I chronicled the places and spaces I'd like to improve and for the seeds I've sown to grow. Three quarters into my 45-minute trek, I paused and ran down a list in which each sentence began with, I deserve. I told God I deserved all which seems to be on the horizon and happiness because I paid my dues. They were hard-earned. After a pause, I said, It's time to sing a new song. Here I go again. My words inspired me to play Here I Go Again, a song by Glenn Jones released in 1992. As I listened to the words for the first time in my life, I cried tears of happiness. With less than all of two digits on my hands, I can count how many times I've shed tears in the past decade with fingers to spare excluding laughing until I'm in tears, which is a common occurrence. To have lived over 35 years and not once, a joyous snivel, not even for the birth of my child, and I was in the room, is a lot. I had a breakthrough. God was right. A lot of questions were answered on this day in Sunnyside and on my return home. And I've been up ever since. Five months ago, I vowed to release an album my friends would say was appropriately titled There's Always a Girl Story. I promised to release the project at the end of February and almost did. Two songs were unfinished. However, some events in my life occurred and it required me to sit in silence for all of March. As I listened to this compilation of 20 tracks, an exceptional body of work and discerned I needed to take this in a different direction. I made a choice to start over. The often bizarre and comedic tales of a cynical and jaded man, who with nonchalance finds humor in his awkward exchanges, got old. If you ever catch me in person, I will be glad to share a tale. Nonetheless, I'm on some new shit these days. The music, and life, is way better than I'd ever imagine I could compose. As scary as it may feel, often the start to answering life's questions requires a look in the mirror. Until next time, be blessed. Read it because I wrote it. It's written, directed, produced, edited by me. The music, that's by me too.